welcome to the Not All Living Light podcast. My name is Romy. I'm your host. And today we have Kim Homer, midwife. Welcome. Yes, I am so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. You're a whole fucking vibe. Like, <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> and it's so crazy because we only met once. And how we met is because when I was pregnant with Ian, my five-year-old, can you believe he's five? Oh my gosh, that went by so freaking fast. I know. I I was learning about how healthy it is to ingest your placenta after you have your baby, right? And I was just like, there's no way I'm going to fry this up and eat it like a steak. So the encapsulated version was what I needed. So going on Yelp, That's how I found you. I found you on Yelp. And I spoke to a couple other people, but the minute that I spoke to you on the phone, there was just like this connection that I was just like, I don't care. Whatever you have, I want it. Whatever you have, I want it. (laughs) And that's how we met. And um, you went to the hospital with that big ass cooler. Thank God you got a big ass cooler. Remember how big my placenta was? It was huge because you had a very healthy pregnancy. Yes, Ian was nine pounds and 10 ounces. Yes, and that placenta was definitely uh, catering to that nine pounds. <laughs> yeah, I remember you told me that it was the biggest placenta you had ever worked with at that time. I don't know if it still is, but... It, it, it actually is, because it was like two pounds. <laughs> so, yes, nobody... It made you work. Exactly. <laughs> so... We met and it's just, we just clicked. Your energy is so beautiful. You're such a beautiful person. So we've connected and we've stayed connected throughout the years. So I just want you to explain a little bit about, maybe let's start with that, what the benefits of the placenta is. So the placenta, um, I have a special relationship with the placenta. The placenta I look at as like the first mother because that was the initial protector of baby, um, feeding baby, cleaning up behind baby, hydrating baby, you know, supplying everything that they needed. And also it was a protector for mom as well, because with the placenta, it actually helped you to regulate a number of hormones throughout your body to help you carry a full-term baby and it a lot of times when your placenta is delivered your body's like okay now we have to regulate these hormones all by ourselves. let's figure out how to do it and it's such a plateau of ups and downs just emotional roller coasters and there are times when you know, you can actually dip into postpartum depression um, because becoming a mother, regardless if it's your first, second, fifth, seventh, it's a transition. Like your family changes, the dynamic changes, and you have this new human being dependent on you. And if you already have other kids, they're still demanding as well. They're not like, oh, let me give you space so you can bond with 
this newborn. They're like, okay, that's somebody else, but I'm still here. Right. And <laughs> it's like trying to figure out that balance and um, being that you don't have the placenta to assist in regulating those hormones. Now it's it, it's beneficial because you're you're bringing that back into your system. And instead of having like these emotional ups and downs, you you have more stability mentally and physically as well, because you're benefiting from the iron aspect of it too. So it's it's something that I call it the gift that keeps on giving. And even if you don't use all of your placenta um, capsules during your immediate postpartum or initial postpartum period, you can actually save them and benefit from them when you experience PMS or even, let's say, uh, years down the line when you start going through menopause, because those are some emotional ups and downs too. But, you know, if you come across any moms who have gone through menopause and had some capsules, they'll tell you a different story. So yeah, I love, I, I, I still have, I still have a good amount left in my freezer waiting for my menopause. Whenever that happens, I'm ready. And let me tell you, my freezer broke once and I was just like, I don't care about the food that could be replaced to not ruin my freaking placenta bills. Cause there's no way I'm going to give more of this. <laughs> That's right. And it isn't, um, that's not the only way, like you were talking about um, frying it like a steak, but I did have a family where dad was a chef and he was like, we got, we got to eat it. And he made, we, we like as in himself as well. Yes. It like a few days after he cooked it, they had another postpartum visit and um, she didn't want to talk about it, <laughs> but he said it was delicious and it was just like liver. I was like, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but I mean, I've, I've had people, how I came across it was because I was in a paleo um, group on Facebook and this girl posted about would I be going out of my diet if I eat my placenta in a smoothie? And I was just like, uh-huh. I don't think so because it's paleo and you're eating meat, but like you're putting your placenta in a smoothie. But then I started looking at the business. I'm like, I'm not putting this in a smoothie, but the caps. Yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely. A hundred percent. Not a problem. Listen, you sometimes you come across people who are really about that life, like to the 10th degree. You see, I'm not about that life. Not not that extreme, you know, but I did notice a difference. My pregnancy with Ian, even though I was healthier, I gained a lot mm-hmm. more weight. I guess it was part of that, but since it was part of it, but um, even the postpartum was different. I was older, getting back and finding that routine. My kids are seven years apart. So it, for a long time, I had a kid that was self-sufficient and all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing with a baby? Starting all over again. 
<laughs> so it was very difficult, but I did feel whenever I did take the placenta, I did feel a difference. And it also made me feel more connected to my, my baby. Yeah. Like in a very spiritual sense. Yes. Yes. And, and I am, you know, that's one of the things that I love how it kind of connects into like midwifery practice for me. Because a big thing when someone comes into my care, I want you to really connect with your baby, not wait till baby's here. I want you to really have a connection like with your baby while they are inside of you, because that's something that you won't ever be able to get back. And that's something that nobody can really like share along with you. Mm -hmm. That's such a private, intimate, um, powerful connection that only, only you two would feel. And, and in a lot of ways you two bring each other balance. Well, if you're only carrying one, but, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but like babies can bring you balance and you go through such a huge transition, um, during your childbearing cycle. Um, I like to say each baby turns you into a different person and it makes you like a super mom. Like sometimes people are like, I can't understand how she functions and she has five kids. Listen, if you see somebody with five kids functioning, running the household job, um, entrepreneur, that person needs to be a CEO of a fortune five company because that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, being a mom is definitely the hardest job I have, and I have a lot. <laughs> and I only exactly. have two. I don't know how people do it with more, but they do it. They do it. Exactly. Exactly. Like um, when it comes to having your last um, baby, what did Ian inspire in you? Did something shift in business or something shift personally? Did something grow or expand after that? With Ian, yeah, I felt it was a very different mother that he received, right? I had had Zach very young. I had experience because my nephew is 10 years younger than I am. So he was my first baby, Mm -hmm. but... I was not the same person I was when I had Ian. I had already done a lot of healing and a lot of spiritual work and, and connecting with him in, in a way that was very different than I did with Zachary. Still right. both very, very special. But it made me realize that I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was because handling yeah. two kids, plus I used to still work for the state back then. I worked for, for the state of Florida and I had my business on the side and I was doing yoga teacher training and I was doing life coaching school. And I was just like, oh my God, let me get one of these placenta pills before I freaking go batshit crazy. (laughs) It was so much. It was so much, but you know, he did teach me that because he, I don't know if you know this, but he was diagnosed with autism back in, in July. So he came also with a different type of um, 
personality into this world and and on top of that he's also a Scorpio so we're gonna add that to the mix so he hasn't been the easiest but he is so sweet and he's so smart and he's taught me so much about myself and he's really taught me I thought I had patience before he taught me so much patience so much patience I love that. I love, I always love to hear um, how, how someone transitions into their new normal of motherhood. It was hard. It was hard because I was already so used to just having a self-sufficient kid. And Ian is five and he still requires so much more attention. By five-year-old, Zachary was in his room playing by himself. Ian is literally, if he could go back into my womb, he would. (laughs) (laughs) And it also speaks a lot about your connection as well. It's like, you know, you you have, with each child, you have a, a better grasp of of motherhood and you're able to look at this this individual human being and when you provide them exactly what they need why would why would i want to hang out anywhere else when my superhero is right here yeah like the coolest person who understands me and makes me feel better is like right here this is where i'm sticking Mm -hmm. i don't blame him i'm pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I give him Reiki too, so he can like calm his ass down sometimes. I'm just like, oh, something him like Reiki energy, like come on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing. I I do regret not meeting you sooner. I wish you know. I never even thought about the whole process of of a midwife and all of that because that's not what I knew that's not I had I didn't know anything about it and especially with my firstborn I was just like I had a schedule c-section with my first one because he was so big too and I had gained over I was over 200 pounds and I had like a really bad rash and it was just like schedule c-section done and then my understanding was like once you have a c-section you have to have a c-section again so this so natural birth for me wasn't even something that I was even considering but then I learned about the VBAC right after and by that time it was just I was huge and there was I was I was there was no way right and I think we met literally three weeks before my due date like before my my schedule c-section it was very quick (laughs) how it happened but um I do regret not meeting you sooner and being able to like connect with you and maybe have you be part of that that process for sure see now if you have another baby no girlfriend like why like the last person I had on my interview he's talking about me having a daughter and people just need to stop like (laughs) no I'm done (laughs) I can't I literally cannot (laughs) I say you know I just follow I just follow your lead but Anytime, I just want I just want people to know that they have options. It's so whether you come into my care or not, when we have a consultation, you're gonna leave there knowing you have more options than than you actually thought you did. Um, and and that's like the whole goal. Um, when I talk to um a possible new client, and 
like with with me, I want I want to give a disclaimer. All midwives are not the same. They really are not the same. So <laughs> just like, you know, all healthcare providers are not the same. Um, when it comes to me, I want to make sure that we actually um, vibe together, that we're, we're energetically in sync. And, and if we're not, then I'm going to give you a reference of somebody that I may think <laughs> you may go better with, but I want you to, I want you to have the experience that you can look back on and smile about and say, you know, I don't even, I don't regret that. It was a rough time, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't like how, you know, if they had a previous experience, it wasn't like that. Most recently had a VBAC mom who had two cesareans. When I tell everyone the work that we're going to have to put in, that kind of makes makes people a little iffy because you don't just go in and just have one. You you actually have to really work for it. And this mama worked. Oh my gosh. We were able to have such a beautiful birth and it was a water birth and her husband was there, her her kids and her mom, and it was so powerful. One of my favorite things, though, about that birth, let me tell you, these these husbands and partners are really starting to come through nowadays. Let me tell you what this daddy did. He made um, an affirmation um, recording with his voice speaking life into her and with their two youngest bo um, boys speaking life into her for wow. her to listen to while she labored. That's oh, beautiful. Was, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh. it just to be in that. I, I right. was just so grateful and 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 who who thinks of that? I didn't even think about that. Right, right. But it just goes to show that because of that intention that you you set forth whenever you are meeting a potential client you open yourself up to receive things like this because you're in a line, it's in alignment with who you are. Yeah. I don't think that happens with just any midwife. Right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Like even with my clients, like I always have a consultation call because I need to make sure we're vibing. If I'm going to be with you for six months, once mm -hmm. a week, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm able to help you because if we're not vibing, I'm not going to be able to help you. And you, there's somebody for everybody. Not everybody's for me. I'm not for everybody. That's hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely. So how is the process different with a VBAC that they have to work harder? So your, your body has given birth just in a different way. One sec. I do want to explain what a VPAC is because maybe okay. some people don't know, or you could explain it since this is, you know, your specialty. <laughs> So yes, VBAC is, is the acronym VBAC, um, meaning vaginal birth after cesarean. What happens in this medical system, they don't even, after you have a cesarean, they don't really tell you how to really heal. They just let you know, oh, your body's going to heal, you'll be fine. But there is intentions that should go on with healing. Like you went through several layers 
and you have to set true intentions on how to heal each one of those layers and how to focus on certain scar tissue and so on. And even making sure that you pay attention to that when you're pregnant, because even in pregnancy, that has to be monitored because as your uterus grows, where, where you had the incision, that grows, stretches as well. So that's something that you need to monitor to see if it's maybe thinning out too much. Because although people think it's a myth that uterine ruptures happen, I've seen it. I have seen, I had a client in care and it happens. It was just her, her second, her second pregnancy. And she waited, she did all the things that they tell you when you leave the hospital, you know, space out in between and um, she ate well, but no one really focused on actual healing of scar tissue and so on. During her labor, she felt a pop where her incision was. And we bolted straight to the hospital. And by the time um, they got her into the emergency room, once they opened her up and got to the uterus, they didn't even need to cut through the uterus. It was just the window. Wide open. Wow. So it was just a thin layer that you could see through to get baby out. So it's it's not a joke. When I bring someone into care, it's um, first they have to go through getting a consultation with an obstetrician to see if they qualify to to have a, a, even just a trial of labor. Because if they are not gonna let you go into labor um, because of certain risk factors and concerns, we definitely as midwives aren't able to take you into care. So there's like a number of steps that go along the way but if you deem it as worth it, then it can be something absolutely beautiful. For the VBAC, it could be harder because of the, the thinning of the uterus? That's one, that's one of the risks. The other is mental because your body can stop at a place mentally. Like at the point, let's say you had a cesarean because you didn't get past six centimeters. If you're in labor, once you hit those six centimeters, that block is right there. How do you get past that block? I can't tell you how to get past it. I can give you resources and tools, but you're still the one that has to do the work. Right. I can and imagine somebody like me that I feel like I cheated childbirth. I had two scheduled C-sections, so I don't even know what a contraction feels like. So I won't say you cheated. Um, you just didn't. You just didn't know, and and that's the thing, especially like um, with with having your first, especially young, and you don't have anyone around you who can like share certain knowledge with you. You just don't know. You just really don't know. And regardless of you not knowing that mommy guilt, sometimes you just, 
you you try to put it on yourself anyway, but it, <laughs> it wasn't you. You didn't have that information and everyone around you is telling you the same thing. You did what was best for you with the knowledge that you had. A hundred percent. And when I got pregnant with Zachary, the internet was not, I didn't have access to the internet like now, social media. Yeah, we had Facebook, but it wasn't how it is now, which is how I came across the whole placenta thing. Exactly. It was, let me tell you, even two years ago on Facebook, I shared a birth video and got banned. I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, certain, certain things there's, you know, are intentionally blocked. So that, that isn't, that wasn't surprising. It was surprising, but it wasn't surprising. Right, 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 right. Fat checked your, your birth video. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. So um, talk to me a little bit about like what the process is when somebody works with a midwife versus, you know, I know what it was to, to be with doctors. I mean, just go to your appointment, check you out, stay home. <laughs> I feel like it's a more personal um, practice with you. Okay, absolutely. I want to test for all midwives, but when you come into my care, um, <laughs> our visits are usually, um, an hour. Um, I come to you for me, the first 45 minutes is the most important. I get to know about you, your environmental factors, your family, how you're affected by certain things, your nutritional habits, like your real nutritional habits. Cause I'm going to be in your kitchen too. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm getting to know you as an individual person, as a whole person. Everything that I learn lets me know why we get the vitals that we get at the end. And we're able to, to backtrack and, and I'm like, okay, so we got this and this has occurred these past few weeks and so on. And on top of that, when it comes to the education that I'm getting, I don't want you to make an uninformed decision. And I want you to be educated when you, because you're the decision maker. I want you to be completely educated. And I need to know that you understand what just occurred. And all that is what's happening during, during this visit. Yeah, we have a good time, but by the end I'm of the I'm sure day, they do with you, girl. <laughs> to give you and then I look at what you need if I'm able to supply that I give that to you as well and um like I had a mom in care who is such a badass and she doesn't know it like she she's had kids before but she questions herself and I'm like look let me tell you something then I pull her kids in Tell your mama how bomb she is. Like, <laughs> question what, who, where, why? Look at what you did. This is, 
being able to be a part of that process because like you guys are so powerful and and I'm just so amazed and enthralled by by the resilience and and what you're able to to achieve during this childbearing cycle. So yeah, each visit um we do what we need to do. So <laughs> it can look a little different each time, but um I also want to make sure that it is still family centered because it's your family that's growing and I'm right. sharing the information with you and your family, not keeping that to myself and deciding what you need to know. Your right. body, you need the information so you can make the decision. Yeah, I think that's really important and it's a beautiful thing. You know, me having my kids so young, I was just doing what my mom did, what my sister did, what the doctors were telling. I, I just thought this was the only way and it was the way, right? Um, so the reason why I had a C-section with Zach was my mom had a C-section, my older sister had a C-section, right? They, they went into labor, but it was just emergency session right away. So I was already paranoid. And then my kid was already weighing almost nine pounds. So I was just like, am I going to put myself through this? And I'm probably going to end up having to do a C-section anyways. Those that are around us that we look at their stories and we, we look at how it relates to us, especially when it's family. And unless we see a different story, we don't know it. Right. So it's like, you know, the, the more exposure of information that's put out there, people are starting to learn now. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And like, even when it comes to, I know there's a big push on, on doulas, and in actuality, the reason that there's a big push on doulas is because our families don't have that information anymore. Like, so what is the difference between a doula and a midwife? So a doula is like a coach and a support person. Okay. So they're the ones who um, would be of emotional and physical support during your pregnancy, you know, teach you certain things about your, your body and yourself, such as um, childbirth education. You have doulas that teach you and your family how to prepare for labor and birth. And then you have doulas who are really connected and they can, they spend time with you and see the type of person you are. And they may be like, have you ever thought about you know, maybe getting a midwife or having a natural birth or, you know, things like that. And also while you're in labor, not only are they providing comfort measures, they are helping you enforce your, enforce your rights. Mm. So So you could have a doula, even if you have a C-section. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, if our families were present in those ways, we wouldn't need to have doulas. But since we don't have, since, you know, 
family doesn't look the same as it did 40, 50 years ago. Like, I don't have my auntie or 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 grandma coming over telling me what, what the deal is or, you know, sitting down having family dinners and having these discussions or um, in a community when someone's pregnant, everybody comes and, you know, celebrate and things like it doesn't look like that. So being that we don't have that anymore, now we got to pay for it. Right, right. And, and that's how it was at one point. When they say it takes a village, they literally met the whole tribe. Like it wasn't just your kid. It was everybody's kid and everybody yeah. would step up. The women would be the, the mothers, the nurturers taking care of, doesn't matter who birthed you, we're all mothers together. And I think that's so beautiful, but we've lost that. You know, yeah. women now are having to work and and be heads of households and all of this and it's hard to do it all and I know from experience to be able to to have to be the head of household to then have to also be a mom and to also have my clients and it's just a lot it's a lot for one person yes and when you think about it how many decisions is a mom making a day oh my god so many (laughs) (laughs) like I don't want to like some days I'm just like you know what that's why whenever I I love working out. I love, I could guide myself through workout, but sometimes I'm just like, no, I want somebody else to tell me what to do. Yeah. I want someone else to tell me what to do because I tell everybody, I, I make decisions all day long. And even though I have the capacity, like the capability to do this, I don't want to. Uh huh. Tell me what to do. I need exactly. a mental break. Exactly. And, 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 and just, just a key factor when, 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 Men ask their women, what do you want to eat? This is why we don't know. This is why we don't know. I Just always know, food. though. Just so you know. <laughs> I've been thinking about it since lunch. <laughs> no, but yes, it, it's, it makes total sense. And even, even when our our moms had us they, like the grandmothers would take care of the kids yes my grandma was not the same nowadays listen no. grandma like grandma got two are going out exactly I exactly i got plans then you looking at your mama like buddy your mama helped me help you with me like <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that anymore. No. And my mom has to work. So my mom helps me so much whenever she can. Right. But she has to work herself and she does have her own life. So there's no other baby coming into this equation unless this is the only way that I would have another baby. The only way. Full-time nanny is one of them. Okay. And I don't know if I want to put my body through another pregnancy, though. So a surrogate would be nice, too. (laughs) (laughs) And we have to to figure out how to live softer lives. Mm. We really have to figure out what that looks like for us. and, And what are we willing to sacrifice to live a softer life? Like... Would you sacrifice never being able to um, watch like TV again, like the Netflix, the the this and that to have 
an in-home cook and an in-home a maid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. People would look at that and be like, I can't, I can't Netflix and chill. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Netflix and chill. You're about to have another baby. <laughs> but yeah, but that goes with anything, really. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice to get whatever goals you want? You know, whether it is somebody to come clean your house versus, you know, maybe do you want to live a healthier lifestyle? Are you willing to sacrifice eating out all the time, you know, hanging out with your friends and, you know, going out drinking or do you stay home, drink your water, mind your business? Exactly. Listen, don't even get me started on drinking water because that's something <laughs> I have to talk about all the time with the mamas. Mm. Oh my goodness. Water is so vital. Hydration is so so vital yes oh man it's if you just hydrate not even just drinking water just hydrate that makes a world of difference in your pregnancy and I want I want mamas to really fully like understand that like everything in our body works better your iron levels are easier to keep up when mm-hmm. you're hydrated right so all just drink well <laughs> I drink a gallon of water a day obviously there's days that I miss right but my mm-hmm. body I could literally feel it and it's funny you say that because when I started drinking a gallon a day was when I got pregnant with Zach I was like I didn't know much about health and fitness but I knew that water was good so I'm shooting for that gallon a day and I started drinking a gallon a day the minute that I found out that I was pregnant and I've been drinking a gallon of water a day ever since. So my body naturally wants more than a gallon. See, see, and, and you, you can- see, I would have been straight A student, start student for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, oh my goodness. I've, it, I've come across so many different, um, values when it comes to drinking water it just amazes me but it's so important and imperative not just in childbearing but in regular life like when you come when someone comes into my care I'm not just looking at how my prenatal care given affects the pregnancy I want you to take something with you that will assist you from this point on in life. Mm-hmm. I'm about life lessons and how can we make life better, not just pregnancy better, but right. life better. And so much value. Exactly. So these are these are some of the differences in my care and obstetric care. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you know, I, I when if I see my mama take one step, I'll take two. And, and we've gone in on some occasions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been it's been beautiful, like the the whole time, especially like, you know, just I just love the prenatal period. 
I think that's my favorite part because that's where you put in all the work, all the work and, and to produce that beautiful, healthy baby. Because like for me, I tell everyone, my goal for you is to have a healthy mom to take care that can take care of her healthy baby. Home birth is just a bonus. Mm, right. That's just a bonus. Like for me, I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking at making sure we have a healthy mama and a healthy baby. That's, That's the goal. Beautiful. And it's so, and it's such an intimate thing that you do too. So I love the fact that you do connect with your clients in that way. And even with me, even though you were my midwife, we just had that interaction. I felt so much from you. I received so much from you. It was, my ex-husband was just like, you're so awkward. You're just here talking up a storm and you're just, couldn't you just like pay her? And like, you guys, like she was, I'm like, Roger, I'm like, you don't understand. Like we clicked, okay? We clicked. If there's nothing weird about this, stop trying to make it weird. <laughs> he wasn't like so used to that, right? He he didn't understand that, which is fine. But he was just like, I don't understand. You guys were just there talking. I'm like, we we met in person. I mean, other than her bringing the cooler to get me to placenta, you know, I finally have an opportunity to be in this woman's energy. Give me a second. <laughs> And that's so real. That is so real. And the, these are reasons I'm late to all my visits. The only visits I'm on time, I'm on time for the first one usually, but then it's all downhill from there. Okay, I'm going to be. Well, you, you are an Aquarius. Yes. Aquarius are known to be very much on time. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. It's like, what you get me to talk and it's hard. Yeah. it's hard. But it's it's beautiful too because Aquarius are the humanitarians of the Zodiac and that's pretty much what you're doing. Yes. So you're yes. truly living in that, in that purpose. <laughs> I love it. Because the crazy part is people, people always ask me, so how did you become a midwife? What was it? What made you want to be a midwife? And the story. So see, I got to tell you. Story time, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, never knew anything about any midwives growing up. Never met a midwife. Never seen a birth. The earliest I seen a baby is maybe like um, a couple weeks after they've been home. Um, didn't grow up around babies. I kind of grew up as like an only child. So, but it was something about. I don't know when I saw the word midwife or whatnot, but it in high school, for some reason, it just resonated with me. I'm like, what's a midwife? What's that? Never wanted to be a nurse. Um, and when I was in, I think my senior year or whatnot, when you applying to colleges and everything, and I'm like, you know what? Let's figure out what this midwife Thing is and I got I'm telling my age I graduated high school in 99 you can find anything on the internet listen 
I'm a Haitian girl from Miami. I found two midwifery schools, Idaho and Maine. <laughs> what I look like <laughs> going to either one of those places in space is not going to happen. So I was like, you know, maybe it ain't for me. So go to college, do the traditional college thing, um, get a job. I'm working for Home Depot, been there like 10 years. And then it's like, I don't like this. <laughs> I never really did like this. And I'm like, okay, time to take your own advice. When somebody don't like their job, what do you tell them? And I'm like, what did you want to be when you were five? What about 10? What about 15? And I'm like, let's, let's revisit this midwife thing. Found a midwifery school. When I got accepted, <laughs> I went to work. I put in all my vacation. I put in all, <laughs> I put in all my vacation. Once my vacation was approved, listen, I even put in vacation so I could do all my doctor's visits and everything the week before I was going to leave. So <laughs> you planned it out. You planned it out. So once that got approved, I was like, okay, here's three months notice. <laughs> I'm, I'm gone in three months. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to be a midwife. So they're like, yeah, okay, all right, that's cute. <laughs> then it's like the night before my last day on a job, I was the closing manager on duty. We had a call out in our millworks department. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to get out on time. I ain't got but one day left. I want to make this as quick as possible. I'm going to help shut down Millworks. It's five minutes before closing. They're making announcements over the loudspeaker. And I'm sweeping up Millworks. I see a group of people walk through. And I ask them, do they need help? They're like, no, nah, we good. And one of the guys in the group, he circles back. And he, he stands and he starts to look at me. And I'm looking at him like, Hi, can can I help you? You know, he's like, what are you doing here? Now, before he asked this question, I'm all day. I'm I'm scared. I'm like, I ain't gonna have no job. I ain't gonna have no benefits. I ain't gonna have these this, this job security and and like I'm freaking out mentally all day. Outside, I'm cool, calm as a oh, kid. Of course. Inside, I'm like. Okay, maybe I'll tell them I'll just become um, an hour, hourly part-time associate so I can keep some of these benefits. I'm like, am I making the right decision? Well, I still got time to tell them I ain't going to leave. So I'm freaking out. So now he comes up to me. I'm sweeping and I'm in my head. And I see him. And I'm like, oh, um, is there something I can help you with now? And he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, we have to call out in Millworks. And he's like, no, what are you doing working here? You're not supposed to be here. And if you don't follow the path that God has laid out for you, there's going to be a lot of blood on your hands. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And he said some other things. I was like, okay, yep. Done. Deuces. I ain't even come to work the next day. <laughs> that was just all the reassurance that you needed i didn't question anything else then halfway through midwifery school 
it got hard. Car broke down. I don't, I don't have a regular job. I'm trying to do postpartum and placentas and go on call, overnights, clinicals, um, just trying to, yeah. So there was a point when I didn't even, my car, like I said, wasn't working. I was riding my bicycle. My school was on 119th and 2nd Ave. I live in Grove. So I had, if and class was ended at 11, the last bus came at 11. But if the bus didn't have a bike rack, guess, or, or if I missed the bus, guess who had to ride from 119th to downtown Miami oh, wow. in the middle of the night? To catch the metro rail from downtown, no, to catch the metro mover to the metro rail to Coconut Grove. So, yeah, it got real hard and real, real. Um, and I'm like, you know what, maybe I should just stop school and, and take a pause and get life back together. I ran into somebody I grew up with um, and went to church with and so on. And we we're catching up and she's I'm asking her what she's doing. She tells me and she asks me, what am I doing? I'm like, well, I'm halfway through midwifery school and like her knees go weak. And I almost reach out to catch up. I'm like, you okay? She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And she's like looking at me like she's seen a ghost. And I'm like, what's wrong? She says, Kim, I remember when we were like six years old in church and we thought you were crazy. So you said that you was going to have a baby in the forest, in the river. And we were going to hold hands around singing while you had this baby. And when you have this baby, you're going to catch babies for the rest of your life. I said, I said that? <laughs> what? Like, me? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so... So I was when when she told me that I was like, okay, yeah, just keep going. Life will work itself out. And I just stopped asking questions and and I truly enjoy what I do. I truly enjoy being with families. Just being on this side of it is such there's such beauty, grace and midwifery for me that's that actually saved my life there was a point I don't know how heavy I was when I met you but there was a point when I was like 300 pounds like I didn't value in my life whatsoever but when I started in midwifery school that's when I saw value in my life and for me to actually be better not just for me but the families that I'm about to help that's beautiful Truly living your purpose, truly in alignment. I love it. I love it. So I'm like, hey, this is why we're here. Yes, yes, 100%. That's amazing. So right now you're currently in Tallahassee. Yes. I cover from Tallahassee to Jacksonville. Initially when I moved up here, because let me tell you something. When I moved up here, there were no midwives of color. In North Florida at all, once you pass Central Florida, nobody. I was like, I know you lying. So I was like, okay, so I want to serve the communities that I grew up with. So I started initially serving from Pensacola to Jacksonville. Then 
after a year of doing that, I'm like, okay, you need to get it together, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Overachiever. (laughs) So now it's from Tallahassee to Jacksonville, and there may be some adjustments this year to look out for. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, you you work. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just letting what happens be spirit led, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll see, we'll see where I am, um, halfway through the year. I can see it already. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I just, I just love it. I just love it. It's, um, um, and, and the move here to Tallahassee, it was so needed because you already know what life is like in South Florida. I needed a break. <laughs> I needed Girl a break. Friend. If I didn't have two kids, I'd be living my life out of an RV, driving like everywhere, <laughs> seeing my clients virtually at some cafe. Listen, but, you know, I'm so blessed. I don't even get mad driving. Like, I'll, I'll worry when I'm driving on the road. And it's beautiful. The mm. drive is so... I, I, I don't mind the two-hour drive to Jacksonville and back and trees, no traffic. And <laughs> let me tell yeah, you, when I, come down, when I come down to cover at the birth center in Miami, because I do that once or twice a year, I know when I hit South Florida, I can do. <laughs> I don't need to energy shift. Energy shift. <laughs> I just know, <laughs> but I do miss. There's a lot of things I do miss about being down there, especially like the food and the culture. I miss all of that in the farmers yeah. market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The food down here is pretty amazing. Yes. 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 <laughs> so Kim, thank you so much for joining me and doing this episode with me. Where can anybody find you? Okay. So you can find me, um, crowning midwifery.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at crowning midwifery. You can find me on TikTok at crowning midwifery, or you could hashtag crowning midwifery. It'll take you to everything or even hashtag my dope midwife, Kim. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I need to follow you on TikTok because I'm sure that like, you're a whole ass personality oh, on I'm, there. I'm a I whole can't wait. Listen, people wanted to fight me. They wanted to fight me the other week. And I'm like, I didn't even say, I force people to do these things. I'm just saying, think about why you're doing what you're doing. But everybody got mad. I'm like, (laughs) but I'm gonna let y'all argue amongst (laughs) yourselves. Because that's what we do. We don't don't engage in that. Uh, Thank you so much again. And remember guys, it's not all love and light.